backhanded by Quas. Throw home, Martier return throw, the first double play, and the Turks get out of the inning. And Wade crushes one pretty deep to right. Going back is McCarthy near the wall, looking up, see ya! Off the scoreboard in right, Lamont Wade with a solo jack, and the Terps take a 4-3 lead. Papio takes his lead, Gallant to the stretch for the first time, and Martier crushes one deep to left center. Going back is the left fielder, Jordan, and he's going to watch it go. Cue the fireworks, Martier goes yard, and the Terps cut it to 3-2. To Brandon Loud does a hook slide to score, Wade head first into second, Terrapins all over the turf, and Maryland has a 6-2 lead. Here's the 2-0. That one is crushed. Deep to left field. Stewart on his horse at the warning track. He jumps and that ball is gone. A two-run bomb from Jose Quas. And the Terps take a 2-1 lead on the number two team in the nation. And Wade cracks one deep to right again. Going back with McCarthy near the wall. Looking up. It's gone. Lamont Wade with a multi-home run game. He goes deep to right again. And it's 7-4 Terps. And the Terps have tied the game. They have come back from five runs down here in the top of the seventh. And the Terrapin magic continues. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome in live to the second Maryland Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, John Vitas, and we have a full slate of action here tonight on the Maryland Baseball Podcast. Shortstop Kevin Smith will join us later in the show, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Off to a great start, the true freshman out of New York will join us a little bit later in the show. We'll also hear from student manager Phil DePays. He was on the show with us last week, and he'll call in to give us some insight on his observations from Maryland's three wins down in Myrtle Beach this weekend. So a full slate here on the show. The first thing we'll do is recap the three games down in Myrtle Beach. But before we do that, we want to thank you, the fans, for your support in the Maryland Baseball Network's inaugural weekend of coverage. Over 1,000 people tuned into our broadcast this weekend, and we received over 2,000 hits on our website. So we want to thank you for your support and attention, and we'll be sure to bring you all the action on Maryland baseball throughout the season. Of course, we'll bring you all the broadcasts, all the home games, some road games as well, and continue to pump out the online content on MarylandBaseballNetwork.com as well. So we'll start tonight by recapping the show, or recapping the weekend, I should say. Once again, I'm the host, John Vitas, live from College Park. The Terps started their season on Valentine's Day weekend. You don't normally start baseball in February, but that's how the college baseball schedule works. And Maryland went down to Myrtle Beach in what was supposed to be a four-game set, but they only played three. The final game was rained out, but they won all three contests this weekend. They started on a chilly Friday morning down in Myrtle Beach on the campus of Coastal Carolina. They played the first-ever game at Springs Brooks Stadium down in Conway, South Carolina against Western Kentucky and the Terps were 7-3 winners in that ball game, but it didn't come easily. Western Kentucky, a pretty strong above 500 mid-major team, and the Terps fell behind early. The ace, Mike Shawarin, struggled with command early on, worked the lead off, walked the leadoff man, gave up two runs in the first inning. That Maryland was down 2-0 and 3-1 in that game before they put up a three spot in the fourth inning Thanks to a home run by Brandon Lau and another home run by Anthony Papio. Papio began the inning with a solo blast to right. And then 
Lau followed it up with a two-run shot to right, which gave the Terps their first lead of the day, a lead that they would not relinquish. So the Terps went on to win 7-3. to Your MBN player of the game was Brandon Lau. And the honorable mention awards go to Brian Schaefer, Mike Shawar, and Anthony Papio. We'll talk about Schaefer in a little bit. Shawarin went ahead and got the win, his first win of 2015, after breaking the school record in wins in 2014 with 11. So he's picking picking up right where he left off last season. Six innings pitched, only three hits, two walks, seven strikeouts for Mike Shawarin. Only 78 pitches, so he was very economical in his start. But he was pulled early, a lot of pitch count issues here in week number one as they'll start to stretch out the pitchers as the season goes along. We got a chance to talk to the player of the game, Brandon Lau, and here was our interview with him after Maryland's 7-3 win against Western Kentucky. Brandon, you had a big home run in the ballgame today, a two-run shot to right. Uh, take us through that play, what pitch was it, and, and it must have felt good because you, you got all of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was. they've been working me inside all day, and it's kind of just sawed out of his hand. That, honestly, it was one of those times you didn't even feel it come off the bat, but it felt pretty good. You guys fell behind early on. Mike was struggling a little bit early, but then you were able to come back. What was the key to the offense? Because you, you ended up pounding out 12 hits. Uh, I think it was just letting our nerves settle a little bit. I mean, everybody's kind of jacked up for the beginning of the season. And as soon as that kind of like settled in a little bit, we realized you know, we don't need to pressure ourselves anymore. We're good enough offense. We're good enough, a great team. How are, the, how are the emotions in the dugout today? It's opening day. Everyone's been pretty, pretty excited coming off of last year. Yeah. Uh, what, was, what was the vibe today in the clubhouse and getting that win? I mean, everybody's just, just so pumped to get ready. I mean, there wasn't one person that wasn't bouncing off the bouncing off, bouncing, jumping around, everything like that. I mean, it was, you know, it was opening day. I mean, everybody's pumped. So that was Maryland's second baseman, Brandon Lau, after Maryland's opening day win. And as we mentioned, the biggest blow in the game, a go-ahead two-run home run in the third inning. We also got to talk to John Sheff, the Maryland head coach, following the first win of the season. And here's our talk with him. Coach, you guys got a win in your first outing out here today against Western Kentucky. You guys fell behind a little bit early. What was going on with Shawarin? He seemed to be a little bit out of it in the first. And then um, how were you able to bounce back? Because he came back well, with a vengeance, a lot of offense. Yeah, I mean, my, I think Mike was kind of just... Just trying to get in a groove a little bit, you know. Sometimes with real good arms like that, the best time to get to him is early in the game. And uh, once he kind of settled in, I mean, he was pretty strong, you know, from the from the middle of the third through when he came out. I mean, they had no hits between the fourth and the eighth. I mean, Schaefer came in and was really, really outstanding behind him. He only walked three guys, but I mean, you know, it's it's first time out for a lot of these guys. Even with our veteran guys, they still have to kind of. Um, get back out there and get the dirt under their cleats against somebody else and, uh, and have success, and that's that's what, it was a good day for us in general having that today. Schaefer is a true freshman, and he pitched well, three scoreless innings, but also Kevin Smith had a couple of big hits today. He's a true yeah. freshman. Yeah. Uh, what, what makes him tick, and why did he play so well today? Well, I, th- I think he saw you know three of our best young players right there, and Bechtold, Smith, and... Uh, and, and, and Schaefer just play a big roles in that game. I mean, uh, Schaefer a, is a big-time strike thrower. Uh, I think Mike's helped him, Schwartz helped him a little bit, kind of get ready to pitch at this level. But, but he's got plus stuff, and he throws a lot of strikes. But it's hard not to run him out there. And then I think in, in Andrew and in Kevin's uh, case, I mean, those guys had, had – uh, seven, eight pitch at-bats in both their first two at-bats really helped set our two big innings up. So, you know, those guys, our young guys played very well in this first game. 
Historically, Maryland's not known as a power-hitting team, but you did get two home runs today from Brandon Lau and Anthony Papio, and Jose Quas and Nick Sierra hit the ball very hard today as well. How excited are you about this offense and the potential to maybe have some pop in the lineup in the middle of the order this year? Well, I think we definitely have a lot of pop. we got a lot of experience and guys that they can hit for power. It's just a matter of, of how things go. I mean, you know, the wind was blowing out a bit today, although some of those balls, they got, you know, Brandon got in his pretty good, you know. Uh, but, you know, I mean, his, his it was huge that to put us up, gives us a three on any then Jose had a huge at-bat, you know, going the other way late in the game to give us a, a kind of pat our lead. And, I mean, that's what those guys are supposed to do. I mean, they've been through a lot of a lot of wars here, you know, so that's what you hope your best players do. Thanks, Coach. Good luck tomorrow. Right, thanks. So there was Maryland head coach John Sheft after the opening day win against Western Kentucky. You heard him allude to the subplot in that game. The freshman really made a contribution from day one in the 2015 season. He mentioned Kevin Smith with two hits, a double, a triple, two runs scored for him. We'll hear from him later in the podcast tonight. And also Brian Schaefer, who threw three shutout innings, 47 pitches, retired the first eight batters he faced, ran into a little trouble in the ninth, but did not allow a run over three innings, earning a save in his first collegiate outing. And we got a chance to talk with Brian the morning after his collegiate debut. John Venus joined with Maryland freshman pitcher Brian Schaefer. Brian, you came in yesterday, your college debut, uh, three scoreless innings. What were your emotions warming up in the bullpen and then coming into the game? Because if you had any nerves, there were certainly no signs of it. Um, warming up in the bullpen, um, it was almost, it was unreal. Because, like, I, you know, being a freshman, I wouldn't really expect to be getting in the game. And and I got, ended up getting in the first game of the season. Um, Nerves-wise, I, I wasn't really that nervous because our offense put up a four spot on the team. Um... So it's not like the game was on me. Like it's not like uh, it was. I determined whether we win or not. Um, so yeah, not but, having the pressure yeah, definitely not, helps. No, yeah, definitely. And we talked to the coaches preseason and asked, you know, which freshman do you expect to stand out this year? And your name comes up a lot. Why do you think you've had the success uh, in the off season and then so far this season? Uh, what is it about your your you as a pitcher? Do you think profiles well for for the Division One college level? Um, you know, in the in the summer I got hurt, um, and I didn't honestly didn't expect to even see the field this year. Um, but I've worked uh, as hard as I could, um, and I ended up making I ended up progressing a lot faster than I expected I would. Um, so that's part of it, and I just. Like it's been my dream to to play college baseball, so, so all that put together kind of kind of helps. There's a lot of good freshman pitchers on this staff, and a lot of guys fighting for innings. Um, is there kind of a feeling amongst all you freshman pitchers that we can come in and help right away? Is there an eagerness amongst all you guys to to try and get those innings and make an impact? Absolutely. Um, all the freshmen, all the freshman pitchers know that they are uh, like we want to make a statement, like. We want to we want to help this team as much as possible, and I think um, you got kind of have to have that attitude. Because um, if not, I mean, you're not going to get any. Uh, for saving your first college appearance and three shutout innings, a lot of people are probably wondering who Brian Schaefer is. How would you answer that question? What are your strengths and weaknesses as a pitcher, as far as arsenal and, and your philosophy out there? Um, you know, my, when I pitch, it's like. I shut everything, everything out. I mean, it's like I'm in another world. Like, there's no worries. 
all my, I'm focusing on is throwing strikes and, and uh, getting batters out. And uh, having a great defense also really, really helps. And from an from a Arsenal perspective, is it fastball change-up slider for you? What's the, the normal? And then we'll, what kind of counts do you like to throw those pitches in? And your, what's your philosophy in general? Yeah, fastball change-up slider is what I throw. And uh, normally, if I can get a fastball by him, I will. But uh, my my go-to pitch is the, the slider. And uh, I've gotten a lot of people out on that pitch. And um, and usually the big hitters, the slider comes into slider comes in handy. Well, Brian, congratulations on the effort yesterday, and I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot more of you this season. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. So that was Maryland pitcher Brian Schaefer, a true freshman, earning a save in his first collegiate outing. And well, like we said, we'll certainly be hearing a lot more from him this year as he moves into a pretty prominent role as a true freshman. So the Terps get a win on day one. They had a night to relax on Friday night, and they came back to Springsburg Stadium on Saturday for a doubleheader. They took on Canisius in Game 2, a team that was top 50 in RPI last year, a team that really should have made the NCAA tournament but fell in their conference title game to Siena, and they returned a lot of their key bats, so a very tough lineup for the Terps to face, but they again came away with a win. 8-4 to four was the final score. The Terps relying on the big inning. They scored Five in the second and three in the seventh to win it eight to four. The first run was scored on a Kevin Smith sacrifice bunt before the Terps loaded the bases for Nick Sierri, who delivered a bases clearing double to left center field to give Maryland a four nothing lead. And then Sierri would come around to score on a wild pitch, so a five spot for the Terps in the second. But Canisius would chip away. Two runs in the fourth, one run in the fifth, another in the sixth, and all of a sudden it was a one run game. But the Terps would respond in the seventh inning with a three-run rally. It all started with Brandon Lau again, an opposite field home run to give the Terps a two-run cushion. After Lamont Wade was hit by the pitch, Nick Sieri went deep as well, went to right field into the teeth of the win for a two-run home run, and the Terps were on their way to the 8-4 win. Sieri, of course, the MBN player of the game, five RBIs with just two swings, the three-run double in the second and the two-run homer in the seventh, providing the bulk of the offense for the Terrapins, and we got a chance to talk to him after they win against Canisius. John Vitas joined with Maryland DH Nick Sieri after the Terps' 8-4 win against Canisius. Nick, get a bases-clearing double and a two-run home run. What was the uh, the pitch on the home run? Because that was a bomb right into the win, and it still got out of here. Um, take us through that at-bat. Uh, well, we had talked about how the guy really didn't have any off-speed pitches, so we were going in there really trying to take away the fastball, and he left the fastball up and in for me. And uh, I didn't really try to do anything with it. It just happened to, to catch the barrel and go pretty far. What have you been working on personally in the off-season? Because last year, you know, you were kind of a two-out-of-three game starter and uh, maybe didn't go how you wanted it to go. But this year, so far, your first two games, you hit the ball really, really well. What have been your biggest points of your in the off-season? Uh, just kind of sticking to the basics, kind of keeping it simple, uh, just trying to be confident out there. I got a lot of playing time in the summer and in the fall to work on my game, and I think it's paying off right now. This is, the, this is a brand new stadium. You guys are the first team to play in it. Seem to like it so far. Four home runs in your first two games. Uh, what's it been like playing out here and getting the balls out? Lau's got two of them. Uh, it's awesome here. The balls really carry. Um, it's a little windy out, which helps. Uh, I wouldn't mind playing here a lot more often. Uh, maybe we should move it up to Shipley. That sounds good, Nick. Appreciate the time. Good luck in game two. All right, thank you. So that was your MBN player of the game, Nick Sierra, after the second win of the season <coughs> Excuse me, against Canisius. 
The honorable mention player of the games that day were Brandon Lau and Bobby Roos. And Roos was the pitching star that day. Five innings of one-run relief allowed just a solo homer to an All-American, Connor Panis, in the sixth inning. And then was lights out from there, earning the win for the Terps. And Bobby, who was supposed to pitch Game 4, got pushed up to a relief roll in Game 2 because of the cancellation against Coastal Carolina. And that came in handy for Coach Bellinger and the Terrapins. So 2-0, and the Terps would head back to the hotel, regroup, have some lunch, and then return to Coastal Carolina to take on an old foe in Game 3. That would be the Old Dominion Monarchs. And the Monarchs were certainly game. They looked had a major revenge factor. Of course, the Terps beat them in the NCAA Regionals a year ago. That was a come-from-behind win for Maryland. They were down 3 nothing in the 8th inning of the first game of the Regional. Maryland scored 1 in the 8th and 3 in the ninth to walk off with the win against Old Dominion, sending those two teams in opposite directions. Of course, Old Dominion would lose the next game and be knocked out of the tournament, and then Maryland would go on to win the Regional. So Old Dominion came in fired up against Taylor Stiles, the lefty for the Terps. And it was Joey Benitez, another sophomore lefty, and another Maryland native pitching for Old Dominion. And it was a pitcher's duel early on. One one through five innings in that ball game. Benitez went only four because of pitch count, and Stiles went five. They both allowed only one run, although Stiles' run allowed was unearned. And so the final line for Stiles, five innings pitched, four hits, one walk, and nine strikeouts, a career high for Taylor Stiles and an excellent outing for him in weekend number one. Old Dominion would take the lead, though, in the sixth on a solo home run by Josh Eldridge going to the opposite field against Zach Morris. But Maryland, again, would respond. They had a two-run bases-loaded two-out single by Lamont Wade in the seventh inning to take the first lead, or the second lead, I should say, of the night. And then the following inning in the 8th, Anthony Papio added a two-run single of his own, and Maryland went on for the 5-2 win. Kevin Mooney, the save, tying Maryland's all-time saves record with Brett Cecil. So the next save Kevin picks up will be the record-breaking save. The player of the game, Lamont Wade, three of the five runs batted in for the Terps belong to Monty, and we talked to him after the performance against Old Dominion. Monty, you had the biggest hit in the ball game, a go-ahead two-run hit with the bases loaded. Just take us through that at-bat and what you saw and how you were able to come through with two outs. Oh, uh, well, he got out in front of me 0-2. Um, next pitch was a curveball. I knew he was going to come back with the curveball. He, was, he got ahead with it, so I knew he was trying to finish me with it, saw it up, was able to uh, put a good swing on it, and able to come through. Anthony had another big two-run hit the inning after to kind of give you guys some cushion. And you've had clutch hits throughout the weekend, especially late in games when you've fallen behind. What's the key for you guys to come through in those big moments? We just got to make sure that when we're down, we know that we're not out of the game at any point because we got the lineup to come back at any point. And uh, we just got to believe in one another and just come through and get those big two-out RBI hits like Papio was able to do. So that was, hard. That was huge. You've played with Kevin Mooney for three years now. He tied the Maryland saves record tonight. What does he bring to the team in general? He just brings toughness each and every day. We know that when he goes out there, he knows he can get a job done. And uh, it's just, he's always just, we, we can always rely on Mooney to get the job done. Throughout the weekend, I see you guys pulling ropes from second base. Yeah. Explain that whole situation. Uh, this is our uh, double thing that we do. Anybody, any time someone hits a double, uh, you pull the rope and the dugout comes out just to get out, just to get energy and uh, just keep people in the game. Appreciate the time, Ani. Good job tonight. Thank you. 
Maryland center fielder Lamont Wade after the 5-2 win against Old Dominion on Saturday night. That would do it for the Terps on the weekend. The Sunday game was postponed. So the Terps go 3-0, a perfect start to their season, solidifying their ranking. The Terps moved up one spot in the D1Baseball.com poll to, or yesterday from number 14 to number 13. They're number 11 in the College Baseball Daily poll. That is not an official poll, but it is a reputable college baseball source. So the Terps as high as number 11, as high as number 13 in the polls that count. And in the main poll, the writer's poll, they moved up a spot to number 19. So the Terps are starting to really get recognized for their accomplishments. Thanks for listening to the Maryland Baseball Podcast tonight. We have much more to come here from College Park. Kevin Smith will join us in just a bit. And if you want to hear those interviews again, you can go on MarylandBaseballNetwork.com. They're all posted there. You can click on the video page for some of them, the audio page for others. You can check out all of our audio on our SoundCloud account and the video on our YouTube account. At this point in the show, we're going to welcome in our first guest of the night. It'll be Phil DePays, the student manager for the Maryland Terrapin baseball team. And Phil is around the program a ton. He's at practice every day and was... Down in, down in South Carolina for the games this weekend. and Phil, you were sitting behind home plate for all four games. You obviously had some expectations coming into the weekend, having been around the team in the fall and the summer. Overall, how did the team meet or possibly exceed your expectations this weekend? Uh, I thought they met them uh, in every way possible. Uh, I thought our hitters did a really good job with their approach. Uh, obviously, Rob Vaughn teaches a very... Uh, professional approach, working uh, counts in your favor, and attacking thigh-high fastballs. And um, I thought they executed that this past weekend better than I've seen uh, before. And I think I, that, that's expected for returning players like Brandon Lau, like Lamont Wade. But I think even the freshmen like Kevin Smith or Andrew Bechtold, they uh, brought the approach and executed it very, very well this weekend. I think from a pitching standpoint, um, no big innings, no free run or more innings. So that was phenomenal. Uh, overall, I think they definitely met my expectations of, of what I thought this team could do. The big inning is one thing that John Sheff certainly stresses, and the Terps had a number of them this weekend. They also did not commit any errors on in all three games, which is another stat to be proud of for the Terps. Now, as, it, as far as individuals go on the team, there were a lot of questions about playing time, and of course those were answered this weekend, at least partly. Some guys didn't make the trip due to injury. Um, but as far as all the guys, it looks like we lost Phil for the moment. We'll get him back in a minute. But um, just talking about all the – Phil, are you with us? Phil, are you there? Phil, can you hear us now on the Maryland Baseball Podcast? Uh, yes, now I can hear you. Sorry about that, bud. Anyway, talking about individual players this weekend, we had some playing time questions answered. Who was the biggest surprise to you as far as, far as performances go on an individual basis this weekend? Um, I don't think anyone necessarily surprised me. I was impressed, uh, definitely by Kevin Smith. I mean, it's hard to say he had a bad weekend. Um, you know, especially at shortstop, he made some very, very nice plays. Um, swung that well. Um, Nick Sierra, Lamont Wade, Brandon Lau obviously had very, very good weekends. Um, I guess the person that might have impressed me the most was Brian Schaefer. Obviously, um, you know, high expectations coming in. I saw him a lot in the fall, a lot in this spring. He's played, he's played very well, but actually seen in, in a regular season game, his first outing to throw that well, um, was very, very impressive. 
Now on the flip side, I mean, most players played well this weekend for Maryland. Obviously, they won three games, but who needs to kind of step it up for next weekend? Because this weekend, there are three tough opponents. All four teams in the South Alabama Classic this weekend are 3-0, and so even mm-hmm. tougher opponents this weekend upcoming. Who, in your mind, needs to play better this upcoming weekend? Uh, I think the obvious answer is Drake Drosner. He um, threw two-plus, was it two, two-and-a-third maybe, last weekend. Um, obviously great, great stuff, but did not throw a whole lot of strikes. That's that's the biggest improvement he needs to make. Um, but, you know, I have, I have all the faith in, in Jake to come out and throw a real solid outing next weekend. Uh, just wasn't one of his good outings. I just think it's it's something he'll work out in this next week. Yeah, five walks for Drosser and two and a third, but did not allow a run, so it certainly kept the team in the game. Now, last question we'll ask you tonight. You got to experience some slightly warmer weather down in South Carolina. A brand-new stadium, Springsbrook Stadium. Maryland making history down there. They got the first win in the stadium. Anthony Papio had the first home run in the stadium. Jose Quas mm-hmm. had the first base hit in that stadium's history. But just overall... How, what did you think of the tournament down there? What did you think of the weather, the accommodations, and, of course, the brand-new facility? Uh, I thought the facility was beautiful. Honestly, the field itself was in incredible condition. Uh, very short down the lines. I think it was only about 310 down the lines. But um, the facilities, the dugouts, uh, even the stands that I was sitting, I was sitting right behind home plate, and uh, my seat was, was unbelievably cushioned. Uh, so I thought their, their facility was great. Uh, everything, I mean, it was a little colder than I'd like to see, but uh, I thought their facilities, everything down there was, was very, very nice. Well, we were reminded quickly by the uh, Golden Griffiths fans that the weather in South Carolina was still a good 50 degrees warmer than it was yeah. up in Buffalo. So we can't complain too much about the weather, but it was a little bit colder than expected. So, Phil, thanks for joining us tonight. Certainly appreciate yep, the insight as always, and certainly enjoy the even warmer weather down in Alabama this weekend. Oh, we will. Thanks for having me. No problem. So there was Phil DePays, the manager for the Maryland baseball team. Phil does a great job working with Mitch Sininski and everything they do, organizing those road trips. So we'll take a break here on the Maryland Baseball Podcast. We'll step aside for about two minutes, but you certainly don't want to go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to have the post-weekend interview with head coach John Sheff. We'll have to hear what he says about his team's performance this weekend. And last but not least, Kevin Smith, the freshman shortstop, will join us live on the program for an exclusive interview here on the Maryland Baseball Podcast. So we'll step aside for a couple of minutes, and then we'll hear from Coach Chef and Kevin Smith. Stay tuned here. You're listening to the Maryland Baseball Network.
John Venus, welcoming you back live to the Maryland Baseball Podcast. We hope you're enjoying the show this evening. We begin the second half of our show tonight with an interview with Coach John Sheff. But just before we do, we want to remind you that you can check out or relive, rather, all the action from this weekend by checking out our Mixler show reel. If you go to the set you're currently on listening to the podcast and go to the top right corner, click on our logo, and then there should be a tab that says show reel. You can go back and listen to all the broadcasts from this past weekend and listen to all the action in case you missed it. So now we will hear from Coach John Sheff. We were able to speak to him after Maryland's win against Old Dominion, putting the whole weekend in perspective. And here is his interview after the 3-0 start. Coach Sheff, you guys got wins in all three games this weekend down here in Myrtle Beach. A lot of things to be pleased about between the pitching and the offense and the power. What specifically impressed you the most that maybe you weren't expecting about, about the games this weekend? I wouldn't say anything really surprised me because I think we had a lot of guys do what we think they should do. I think our bullpen was tremendous today. And that's, I mean, Roos was tremendous in the first game. In the second game, the combination of Morris, A-Rob, and Mooney, I mean, those guys were outstanding. They gave our hitters a chance to, to get, you know, to, you know, to kind of get back into it. And, and obviously, you got experienced guys in Monty and, and Papio getting two out knocks to kind of put that thing on ice so you know we made we made zero errors as a team and we gave up zero big innings which is huge when you talk all weekend when you talk about winning games I know those are two big points of emphasis for you guys big for the pitching staff tonight 14 strikeouts total uh, what can you say about their performance this weekend I mean they were the difference really I mean in, in the first game you had you had Roos and you had Galligan come in with the base load and give up one run between the two of them and in that game I mean Outside of the kind of that wind-blowing home runs that gave up, the bullpen was perfect. So, I mean, those guys were awesome, man. Was, I mean, what, what Jimmy's doing with those guys, I mean, it's just, you can't say enough about it. You guys had 40 wins last year. Of course, they're under the Super Regionals, and you start off with three straight wins. It seems to be carrying over a little bit. Yeah. If there's a difference between last year's team and this year's team, where is it? I just think experience. Like, I think we have a lot of experience. I think there's, there's a lot of confidence in there. Like, these guys have done a lot of had a lot of success before. Not that last year's team didn't, but this just got a lot of guys in there that have been through a lot of wars. That they, they're used to coming from behind. So to get down, I don't think it's as big an issue as it might have been in the past. I think the experience factor, you, you can't, it's very, it's an intangible thing. You can't really put a price on it. You know? Appreciate it, Coach. Thanks for the time. Okay, John. Thanks. That was John Sheff after the Terps' final win of the weekend, a 5-2 to two final score against their old rival, Old Dominion. Of course, the alma mater of Justin Verlander, the longtime Tigers ace. And now it's time for the best part of the broadcast. We'll welcome in Maryland shortstop Kevin Smith. Kevin, can you hear us? Kevin, you're live on the Maryland Baseball Podcast. Are you there? Yeah, I got you now, John. How you doing? Good, pretty good. So first of all, we want to congratulate you on a great weekend. Three for ten at the plate. You started at shortstop in all three games. What was it like getting out there in your first couple of college starts? No, yeah, it was exciting. I mean, uh, you know, I worked with those guys over the fall, and then I finally got to go out there and, you know, prove, you know, what we're doing, you know, what we're putting in. And, uh, you know, it was, real, it was a lot of fun. I mean, obviously, nerves had a factor in there, but, uh, you know, I think, our coaches prepared us really well for that situation, and uh, you know the other guy really stepped up and 
you know, made big hits, which, you know, took the pressure off, you know, some of us freshmen, you know, just getting our feet wet. But, uh, you know, overall, it was a really fun experience. Well, you mentioned nerves. Did you really have nerves? I mean, two for three with two runs, a double and a triple in your college debut. How are you feeling coming out of the dugout in game one? No, yeah, there's, there's definitely nerves that are involved in that. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say they're bad nerves. Just, you know, you want to do everything you can to help this team win. I mean, you know, from the fall and, you know, through the spring now, you're working so hard that, uh, you know, you want to put your best, you know, your best game on the line every day. But, um, like I said, the coaches and, you know, the only guys have, have done a lot to, you know, prepare us for it and, you know, give us confidence to go out there and, you know, have fun with the game because, you know, that's how they do it in the first place. But, um, yeah, as a whole, I mean, it was just, it was just a lot of fun to get out there with the guys. You mentioned the coaches, and obviously they were a big reason why you chose to come to Maryland. But we'll start from the beginning with you. When you began your recruiting process, what made you choose Maryland? What was so appealing about this school, and what other schools were you considering? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, obviously I started pretty late with the, uh, the recruiting process. Um, but, you know, once I, once I came to Maryland, you know, I kind of felt like home. I mean, I think a lot of guys will tell you when you're looking at different colleges, um, you know, the one that's right for you kind of hits you real quick. And, uh, you know, once you go to other colleges, you realize that they don't have, you know, what the one you want has. So, I mean, you know, when I came here, obviously a little warm, and then I've stayed in New York where I'm from. But, um, you know, the coaches, you know, I think, I think the expectation to win here, you know, really drew a lot of us in. Um, you know, we had the new coaching staff for Chef and Bowen are coming in. But, um, you know, from the get-go, they, they really had the expectation that, you know, this, we're not going to try to rebuild. You know, we're just going to, you know, recruit the guys we want and uh, we're, we expect to win right away. And that's, you know, that's the philosophy they brought in here. And I think they've done a great job of that. Now, you got to start all three games at shortstop this weekend, which is a great accomplishment for a true freshman because there are so many veterans in this lineup. Well, what were your impressions of the Division One level? There were some pretty strong opponents on the field against you this weekend, and what was your overall impressions of the tournament down in Myrtle Beach? Um, you know, it's just it's just another level of baseball that you know a lot of us aren't used to. Um, you know, it's really it's, it's exciting to play. You know, at a level where you know everything's riding on every pitch, and uh, a lot more you know mental stuff to the game that you know we've previously been experiencing. But um, you know. It was a lot of fun to go out there, um, you know, at that level. Obviously, our competition wasn't, you know, what it's going to be like down in Alabama this weekend, so that's going to be a whole other step, which uh, we can't wait to, you know, go down there and prove, you know, what, what we think we can do. But, um, you know, down there, I think it was a great first weekend for us. Um, we played some good competition, but at the same time, uh, you know, we weren't you know, over our heads down there, and I think uh, a lot of guys got confidence which they needed to, and uh, I think they're ready to roll into the season. I'm sure you can't wait to get down there to Alabama considering the six inches of snow that are on the ground today here in College Park, but you came in as part of a huge recruiting class for Maryland, and there is a ton of competition on the infield. Of course, there's two openings, but a lot of guys competing for playing time, and obviously you got three starts at shortstop this weekend, and one guy who's competing with you at shortstop is Andrew Bechtold, and he got three starts in his own right at other spots on the infield, and of course there's other guys like Justin Morris and Nick Sierra who are competing for time. What's it like competing with those guys and also being their best friends because you guys seem really tight despite all the competition. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is the closest to the guys, you know, I've ever been around. Um, you know, Andrew, obviously, is my roommate. You know, I have a lot of respect for him, you know, as a player and as a person. But, um, you know, I think I think it's helping a lot of us. I mean, having someone who's constantly continuing with you on the field um, has only made you know, our development that much, you know, that much quicker, I think. And, uh, you know, always facing new challenges and freshmen, I mean, I think I think having someone to compete with, you know, I think it makes everyone better on, on the program. I mean, no one's just 
you know, going through the motions, you know, every practice, you're competing for a job, competing for time. And um, I think it keeps everyone on their toes, and um, I think it's bringing out the best in a lot of us. Now, there's a lot of upperclassmen in the starting lineup as well, some juniors that have been here for a while and, of course, experienced all that success last year. Have there been any upperclassmen in particular who have kind of taken you under their wing and showed you the ropes of Division One baseball? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the, the uh, strengths that we have as a team this year is, you know, our older guys are, you know, a lot, a lot of them are leaders in the team, and uh, I think it depends, you know, you know where you're playing on the field. I mean, obviously, pitching staff are really deep, so those guys are learning from guys like Schwarm, Rousey, who have been here, Mooney, and A-Rob. But, um, you know, I, as far as I go, I mean, I know Pat has really set the tone as far as, you know, what you're going to do, um, you know, workload-wise. You know, you always come right to prepare. Um, you know, in the weight room, getting after it. Um, Mark Tears helped me a lot, you know, just, just in the everyday activities, you know, what to prepare for, what to expect. Um, he's been a really, really big leader in our locker room. Um, very vocal guy that, you know, lets you know if you're doing something that's supposed to or, you know, you're falling off track. So, you know, he's a great asset to our team. And, you know, finally, uh, Jose has been a huge help to me personally, um, not only in the field, but, you know, in the box, just helping me with little things that he sees. Um, you know, he's a real student of the game. I think that, you know, he has a lot to offer me. You know, I can't wait to keep learning from these guys and, um, you know, seeing, seeing what they did last year and, you know, seeing what these guys can do on the field. It's amazing to uh, sit here, sit back sometimes and see their agenda, you know, learn from them. I think it's, I think it's going to help us down the road. It's nice to see everybody really chipping in and, and mentoring you young guys who are getting this early playing time. Now, last weekend we had Mike Shawarn on our podcast, and we asked him the serious questions too, but we also had some fun for Valentine's Day. We're after, it's after Valentine's Day now, but we're still going to ask you some fun questions just for the heck of it. Now, my first question to you is you retweeted the, the promotion of the podcast site. Over 10,000 followers you have on Twitter. How does an 18-year-old kid get over 10,000 followers? I, I can't even get to 400, and I've been doing it for about five years. Yeah, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really quite sure how that happened either. Um, I think it all started, you know, a few years ago. Um, you know, on my high school team, you know, we we, we like to have fun with social media, you know, posting posting silly stuff and um, you know some shenanigans that happened. But uh, I think I think it really took off when uh, you know we took this picture on the bus. Uh, we were acting like snipers, and you know, it kind of kind of got flowing around the news feeds. And uh, I think we just got lucky that uh, some you know big time baseball. Uh, accounts just started retweeting it, and um, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure why it is. I mean, I'm not that interesting of a guy to have 10,000 people, you know, wondering what I'm, what I'm doing every day. But uh, no, it's, it's usually a joke around, you know, around my friends, and um, I'm not really sure where it came from. Well, it sounds like I got to add some entertainment value to my account, but good stuff there. 10,000, that's a lot. Now, we're going to go some rapid fire questions real quick. Who was the best baseball player you've played with or against? Maybe a name we've heard of before. Um, probably one of my best friends uh, from my family team, Justin Yerchek. He's down at uh, Wake Forest right now. He's also a freshman. Uh, that's the first of this weekend. And, um, you know, a guy I really looked up to and you know, had a lot of fun with over the summer. Now, we heard you also played basketball in high school. What position did you play, and do your basketball accolades even come close to your baseball accolades? Um, yeah, I was a point guard in high school. Um, you know, I stopped, had stopped my senior year, you know, focused on baseball specifically. But, um, no, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say they got too far outside the range of, uh, maybe a free throw shooting, uh, title my junior year and my high school team. Uh, that's, that's about it. I was, that was more of a, a fun thing to do with my friends and, uh, you know, still, still try to do it a little bit, but, um, no, that's, that's a thing with that. 
Celebrity Crush? Oh, man. I'm going to have to go carry on it. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. And now last question. We'll do rapid fire. No baseball. You got the day off. Resting your body. What are you doing with you and your friends back in New York on a day off? Oh, man. I mean, probably, trying to be honest with you, going, you know, going over the field, uh, you know, my summer team and just, you know, hanging out there in the clubhouse with the guys and the coaches, uh, and take some swings, you know, helping some younger guys out. But, um, you know, still staying around the game. Um, you know, it's a lot of fun to just go over there and, you know, watch baseball, watch the little kids where you came from. And, um, you know, you know, not take it too seriously for a day, but just, you know, see, see the love that they have for the game and, uh, you know, sit back and, you know, have some laughs with the guys that you're, you're working hard with. So it's all baseball all the time for you, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what it consists of. More than now, I'm, uh, you know, I couldn't, couldn't be more happier with it. Well, it's certainly paying off. Now, we hear you're also a pretty smart guy. You have business aspirations, and you plan on majoring in finance. Of course, the Smith School here at Maryland is a top-notch program. You're only a freshman, so it's still time to learn, but we're going to quiz you real quick on your financial IQ. Are you ready? All right, let's, let's, let's get this going. All right, so it's four multiple-choice questions. We found these online. And if you get them, we'll be pretty impressed because i got to be honest, I took the quiz and I only got one out of these four questions. So here we go. Question number one, question number one of four. Which statement summarizes changes to parts of the balance sheet? A, statement of shareholder equity. B, income statement. C, a cash flow statement. Or D, all of the above. I'm going to go with all of the above, D. That would be correct. Good job. One for one. Question number two. A company has more cash when, so we're talking liquidity here, A, accounts receivable increases, B, retained earning increases, C, customers pay their bills sooner than expected, or D, the profit increases? Hmm. I'm going to say accounts receivable increases. It's actually C, customers pay their bills sooner. That was a tricky one. The, the layman's terms are the right answer there. It's, it's a tough one. So one for two. We'll move on to number three now. All of these are operating costs except A, administrative salaries, B, advertising costs, C, delivery of raw materials, or D, research and development costs. I'm going to go with B. Advertising costs or delivery of raw materials? Uh, advertising costs. That's what I chose, but it's actually C, delivery of raw materials. Didn't expect that one either. We'll, wow. we'll give you a mulligan there. So that, <laughs> last question. Which of the following is not part of working capital? A, property, plant, and equipment. B, inventory. C, accounts receivable. Or D, all of the above. We'll give you a hint. It's not all of the above. Yeah, that's tricky. That's, that's the one I go with on tests usually. I'm going to go with A. You're correct. Property, plant, and equipment. So at the very least, you beat me, and I'm a senior. So, so nice job. You got some pl plenty of time to get the other two right. You're only a freshman, but nice job. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, well, Kevin. Well, we appreciate you joining the podcast tonight and appreciate you playing along as well. Good job on the field, and uh, we certainly wish you the best of luck this weekend in Alabama. All right, thanks, John. It's an honor. Um, honor. I'll catch you later. Thanks. Sounds good, Kevin. So we want to thank Kevin for joining the show tonight. And that should just about do it tonight for our Maryland Baseball Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. And 
If you missed it tonight, you can catch it again tomorrow. We'll post the recording of tonight's show around the middle of the day tomorrow on our website, MarylandBaseballNetwork.com. And as we mentioned earlier, you can see all of our interviews, both video and audio versions, on our website if you go and check it out. Unfortunately, we won't be able to bring you the broadcast this weekend of the games down in Alabama. Maryland taking on South Alabama, UCF on Saturday, and then Arkansas on Sunday, a an NCAA tournament team, and actually UCF is the only ranked team of the three, but all three opponents are very stout, so some big games this weekend for Maryland as they look to improve on their 3-0 and record. But although we won't bring you the broadcast, we will bring you some coverage from Alabama this weekend. We'll be live-tweeting the games and posting pre- and post-game articles on our website, of course, MarylandBaseballNetwork.com, and we'll have a couple of live conversations with Testito Times' Andrew Kramer, who will be down in Alabama covering the games this weekend, so he'll give us some first-hand insight of what's going on with the Terrapins. You can catch the first conversation with him before the game on Saturday, and then the second conversation will be live on our podcast next Monday, and we'll hope also to get Kevin Mooney on the podcast next week, as at that point, hopefully, he will have broken the school's all-time saves record. We want to thank Kevin Smith and Phil DePace for joining us tonight, and that just about does it for our show this evening. We hope you enjoyed the Maryland Pace Baseball Podcast. Once again, I'm John Vitas, and we wish you a very happy evening from wherever you might be buried in snow. And once again, you're listening to the Maryland Baseball Network. Thanks for listening, everyone.